Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation fan page podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland and proud supporter of Texas Tech University. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Guns Up Nation podcast. This is one of your hosts, Keith Abbott, here with my partner in crime, Steve McKelkey. Steve, how you doing, my man? Doing good, man. Ready to get after this great episode. I am too. We're excited. We have an awesome guest with us today. He's a good friend of ours in a life that a lot of people would love to be part of. And his name is Scott Graves. And Scott Graves is a crew chief for Ryan Newman, the number six car uh, at the in the NASCAR uh, series. So Scott Graves, welcome and thank you for coming on. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the, the nice intro there. It's uh, good to, good to talk to you guys. Well, let's just let's just take off the the whole you know formality thing. I've known Scott since junior high, <laughs> so <laughs> so there's 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 way too many things we could talk about that we'll skip, but that's okay. So, but no, we we went through junior high, high school, went to went to Texas Tech together, which is where this is uh, stemming from, and that's where uh, Steve and and Scott got to know each other. We actually. Ended up what rooming in the we 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 didn't room together. We stayed in the same same dorms at Hewlett yeah, Clement, Clement for yeah. for a yeah. while at Clement Hall back when I think it's a female dorm now, but or residence hall. Yeah. But now it's a now it, back then it was for dudes and right. So yeah, I had a lot of fun. We we're gonna have to talk about camping trips and all sorts of stuff in this, but yeah, yeah, yeah. good times. And so yeah, this isn't just a hey, um, Mr. Graves, could you please jump on? I'm like, dude, buddy, do me a favor. So thank you so much for jumping on. <laughs> and, uh, definitely, yeah, definitely a lot of history there. Oh man, way back. definitely. And and the the most recent history is you know we're we're over at uh, Universal Studios right before New Year's, and my my son and I are are turning the corner at the one of the resorts there, and I'll be darned if I look over and staring at me is Scott and his family are eating in this dining room. And the only reason I looked over there was because he was sitting at the exact same table that we sat in the night before. And I was like, Oh, that's where we ate. Oh my gosh, that's Scott. So <laughs> it was awesome. We, we weren't, we ended up going on cruises and we were on two separate cruise ships that I'm pretty sure followed each other around the Bay, you know, mm-hmm. around the Caribbean. So how was that trip? Was it fun? Oh yeah. We had a, we had a great time. It's a uh, pretty neat to do something like that over new year's with you know the whole family and uh, get to celebrate that that was uh, that was a, definitely a unique experience oh yeah definitely as our families are getting older we got to savor those moments right so yeah for sure That's so awesome. man so let's let's talk a little bit about um, your your industry and your career with NASCAR i'd like for you to kind of talk a little bit about how how you got started and how kind of this whole I mean, you've you've been in in some sort of automotive thing for a long time, um, but I'm I'm just curious. How, take us through the path of Texas Tech on through how you became the crew chief of the you know the highest level of NASCAR. Right. Um, yeah. So when I was at at Texas Tech, um, I got my degree in mechanical engineering there, um, and when I when I graduated, I went to work in the oil and gas industry. Um, first job I had was with. Uh, was with Halliburton Energy Services, um, and I did that for a, for a few years. Um, trying to remember, it's so long ago now. It was probably <laughs> six or seven, six years, something like that. Um, and I, in my my, I guess when I was growing up, I was always really interested in in racing um, and just uh, 
getting in trouble with cars, I guess, things like that. So um, I, uh, <laughs> we seem to remember a, a lot of close things with death when yeah, we you, were driving with you. So yeah, we remember. You, yeah. You experienced, <laughs> you experienced some of that, I'm sure. Um, so that was always, I guess that was always kind of my, uh, the thing that, you know, I, I guess I was passionate about, I'd say. Um, so I, when I worked at Halliburton, um, I had some, some friends there that actually did, uh, it was sports car club of America. Um, and so I, I got involved with them and we went out to first started with autocrossing and then, um, got involved with club racing. And then I ended up getting my own car to race and it just kind of, kind of grew from there. Um, so then I, you know, I realized why it would really be fun to, to do something more automotive related. Um, so from, from there, I was able to get a job in automotive industry kind of where it was working actually as a supplier, um, to, uh, to Ford and did that for a while and then realized, okay, that's still really not getting me what I want to do. Cause it was just designing parts and pieces and, um, being on site at Ford, just working with their, their engineers. And like I say, that wasn't necessarily the, the thing I was looking for in the end. Um, so then I guess moving forward, um, I had some relatives that were in racing. Um, it was my, it was actually my dad's cousin, uh, worked with a truck series team and I had talked to him off and on the whole time I was doing the, the racing on my own on the side, just kind of, I'd talk to him about ideas, just reach out to him about, um, you know, different things I was trying, what he thought about it. And, uh, we got to talking about, Hey, I'd really like to give it a shot to, you know, work for a race team. Um, and the first, probably the first few times we had the conversation, it didn't go very far. And then, uh, after, I don't know, I guess a couple of years of this, he, he was actually a crew chief for one of the truck teams. And I brought the conversation up to him again, we were talking about it and he said, well, you know, I need, I need an engineer. And, uh, if you're really serious about this, um, you know, he said, you know, you'd have to, you have to pick everything up and, and move out and give it a shot. Um, and at this point, um, my wife and I, we had a, we had a one-year-old son, um, and we talked about it and, and decided that, uh, we were going to go for it. So we basically, uh, left everything. I was, uh, you know, I was back in Texas at this point, left everything, sold the house, uh, moved out to, uh, to North Carolina and got started in racing. Um, that first year was, was pretty rough, uh, worked for, it was a really small truck team. And, uh, I guess that it was a real learning experience for me as far as, uh, what was involved in the sport. Um, the amount of work that's involved. Um, and there was one, there was one, one week, um, uh, we worked a, a 24 hour day just getting ready for, uh, uh, for an upcoming race. Um, I remember like we came back, I think it was between Dover and Texas that year. And, uh, we came back from Dover and had to build a complete truck um, oh, going to Texas the next week. And uh, literally like one of the days that week, we worked 24 hours straight. <laughs> and, That's crazy. and uh, I know at that point I was really questioning what I was, <laughs> what I was doing in my, <laughs> my decision there. Um, imagine. So I worked, worked for that team. It was uh, HT motorsports was the first team. Uh, I did that for a year. And uh, fortunately from there, I was able to get a, get a job at Roush Fenway. Um, and I had started there with their truck, with their truck series teams, um, in 2006. And, uh, there's a lot different experience there, I guess, being with a more established company, um, a lot of resources, a lot of other, a lot of other engineers, uh, mechanics, just fully staffed, I guess you would say. 
Um, and, and saw it was a lot different experience, just the, the tools that they had with. Um, so it, uh, it definitely was a, a much better <laughs> experience and oh, opened my eyes a little bit to the, the sport and what was going on there. Um, so and from there, really, I worked worked in the truck series. Um, I moved up to the, the cup series within a few years and worked with uh, Matt Kenseth for a little while. Um, worked with Carl Edwards on Xfinity and cup side. Um, so worked with, you know, worked with a bunch of the, the drivers there. Um, and then I guess it was, uh, worked with Chris Buescher in 2014 and 15. And, uh, we won the, won the Xfinity series championship with, with Chris in 2015. Um, and didn't really have a, a good plan or direction of what was going on or what was going to happen next with, with Chris and I, or, you know, what, what car or team was going to be available. Um, I ended up finding an opportunity with, uh, with, uh, Joe Gibbs racing in 2016 and worked with Daniel Suarez there. And then was lucky enough. Uh, we ended up winning the championship on the Xfinity side that year in 2016. So that was pretty neat to go from, uh, one company to the next and, and yeah. win the championship two years in a row like that. That's awesome. Um, how does, how does champagne sting? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh, it's fun to spray. I bet, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then and then from there, basically, uh, got to move back up to the the Cup Series, and I worked with uh, with Daniel for a couple of years in the Cup side, um, and then obviously with things there when when things with the 19 um, when they brought in Martin Truex and his whole crew, it kind of left Daniel and I up in the air again. And, you know, he went his separate way and I was able to fortunately able to get back to, uh, Roush Fenway and they had a really good opportunity with, for me with, uh, with Ryan Newman. Um, and, uh, I mean, a really veteran driver, really good guy. Um, and, uh, I've certainly learned a lot from him, um, in our, our year together there. So it's, uh, it's been interesting. It's been like, say kind of all over, you gotta, you gotta be fluid. You gotta, uh, you know, move when the opportunities are, are there and, and, uh, yeah. stay in your toes and make things happen. But, um, it's definitely, it's been, it's been fun for sure. So you, you are with the, he's, he's the number six car with Roush Finway, right? That's, that's, yep. that's a yep. whole, whole back game. with the, yep. Number six car. And, and that's a Ford car. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Back to yep. back with Ford again, which goes back to the days you lived in Detroit. I mean, it's all yeah. the way back to then, right? When you worked for Ford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could say the, 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 as a supplier, the the company I was dealing with was uh, was Ford all the time. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of interesting how it how it all comes back around. <laughs> it really is really crazy. That's pretty. Yeah. Cool. Scott, what what car did you drive when you were in college? Uh, in college, I had a Volkswagen Scirocco. Scirocco. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I remember being basically folded in half in the back of that thing <laughs> coming back from our camping trip. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It wasn't remember what the biggest it was. Part. I was like, man, I was all I can say is I can't wait to get out of it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> all, I remember, all, not the- all I can tell you though is if you were in the back seat as many as many times as Scott detailed that car with Armorall, um, <laughs> you you were definitely slip sliding around there. I'm just oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I remember it's I remember slide. Sunday afternoons, it was detail day. I mean it's like we were we were both going to that pep. There was a there was a remember that Scott? That was like our freshman yep. year, there was a car yep. wash right across kind of catacorded to Jones State ATT Stadium. Yep. And yep. we spent the afternoon there and then we'd go where we'd go get little Caesars, right? Afterwards. Little Caesars. Yeah, get the nice. slice. So yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> this was an awesome Sunday, right? So. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, ha- you had to do that because the dining halls were closed on Sunday. Yeah, night, I have so. to do something. Yeah. So. Yeah. May as well that make was a complete. That was a complete day right there. That, that was, was. <laughs> what we look forward to. So, yeah, yeah. you got to elaborate on this camping trip, Steve. Uh, well, okay. I mean, gosh, I can't remember <laughs> where we went. It was in New Mexico somewhere, but it was what, it Easter was. weekend? And it was what, our soft, my, my sophomore year, I believe, at Tech. I think you're a year ahead of me, but uh, where did we go? It was, uh, it was Timberon. T- yeah, Timberon, Timberon, New Mexico. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yep. and so we didn't plan very well. I mean, we clearly didn't have enough food. I mean, a couple of cans of Denny Moore beef stew and some, I think, a thing of eggs was a poor, poor planning. It really poor. And a, and a, and a bottle of rum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what, I had, I think that's the first time in my memory I, I can recall having heartburn. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. That was, that was bad. Was that yeah. the trip, Scott? Because we went up there a couple of times. What, was that the trip that we kept running in? Like the we would just kind of run into a deer head on. Do you remember that? Uh, there was. A, that was I remember. Like, yeah, like we were driving snowless. into the sun. Yeah. Like we were driving into the sun, and uh, just like kind of cresting a hill, <laughs> and and we just saw like the sun was momentarily blocked out by this deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're dead. Okay, we're not. And it was not. Yeah, it was not very far in front of us. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Oh man. That was that was a great camping site, man. That's still one of my favorite places. I wish we yeah. could go back. Yeah. So, does your do your folks yeah. still own that area? No, because that was a property that they owned, didn't they? It, yeah, they owned it. And they uh, they sold it. Uh, it was probably ten years ago. No, um, they they sold it. Yeah, I know. I was that was kind of like, you know, they asked me about it at the time, and I was like, oh man, there's so many memories there. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was such a great place. Keep for our listeners, you need to find that. Uh, that picture we took on that fallen log I will do over that. the river. I have yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. I just remember yeah. because that was before, you know, the timer, everything. That was like the disposable uh, yeah. camera. And you <laughs> yep. hope that you had enough time to get to the log. <laughs> and I, I just remember nearly killing myself after hitting that timer, trying to like over the river and yeah. through the woods it to that tree branch. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, it's such a great picture. That's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, yeah. Two, there's two pictures that are my absolute favorite. That one and the one of the crawfish in Houston. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Holding yeah. on to the beer can. Oh, yeah. He's where Scott's, Scott's got this crawfish holding on to a beer can with his, with his uh, pincer. It was great. So, <laughs> yeah. Those are some of my favorite pictures, man. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So and you know, I'll tell you another thing that makes me laugh. And this we're, we're gonna, I've got to do a callback to a, a former life podcast that we did called The Testosterone Zone. And so in, in that um, in that format, we used to do a thing called the Teenage Correspondent, right? And so what this was, was we, were ha- we would have um, kids, kids that were family members of our friends that would come on. And what they would try to do is they would try to teach us a word or phrase that was cool for teenagers, but we had no idea what they were. And we had to guess what it meant. <laughs> you remember this? Yeah. I'm telling oh, you, yeah. if I'm ever in a bad mood, I've, I play this clip still to this day because that, that whole thing just cracks me up. So oh, yeah. if, if you humor laughter me, kills me. Oh my God. Yeah. Tell you if, if you, if you humor me, Scott, I'm going to throw that clip in right now. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who do we have over here? We have a female correspondent and a dude correspondent. Am I understanding right? That's right. We got one of each. One of each. So tell me, female correspondent, how are you doing? Good. Good. Your job 
we're old and not cool anymore, right? <laughs> so it's up to you guys to teach us something that's a cool word or phrase that you and your friends use. And we have to understand and learn how to use this. And we're going to use it through the whole podcast. So give us give us a word or phrase that you think is cool. Uh, skirt. Skirt. You have to spell that for us. Okay. So, Scott, d- did you already know this? Sky, yes, I, I know. You know, skirt. he uses the word skirt, yeah. Okay, so you're going to have to teach us, oh, great one. Give us a sentence or what this is meant, what this means. Uh, so this is a sentence from online, so I don't. Uh, from your mind, I love it. Online. Oh, okay, online. Like if you want to say like, I don't know, yeah, like say you're, you're at a restaurant eating or something like that, or and you say, you know what, this is a... Uh, this, this is boring. Let's skirt. Mm. So it's like, let's get out of here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what do you got, um, Noel? You got one? Yeah. Me and some friends went to the movies. It was so bad that we decided to skirt. Oh, oh there you go. That's, that's a good, good one. Uh-huh. Is that it? That's, that's nice. good. Oh, you're, you're getting feedback. Mm. I heard it. Dude correspondent. Awesome. What's up? Um, not much. Not much. How are you? Good. You have a word or phrase for us too. So we, we have to be smart this episode and learn two. So we have skirt. <laughs> What's your word phrase? Oh, this is probably gonna sound uh, really weird, but you know, it's 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 used at like uh, my school at least. Okay. I don't know about anywhere else, That's but a uh, my uh, my word is hundo p. <laughs> oh my god! I, okay. I need a spelling or something. I have. Not... <laughs> I can use this in a sentence right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, okay, water. dude. You're gonna. Have... You, may need, you may need to say that again. Yeah, you're gonna have to repeat that and spell it or something. <laughs> Do I need to spell it? Yeah, whatever. Or, or, or yeah. just say it again. Uh, Hundo P. <laughs> okay, okay. Can I go? Yes, please do. I'm a hurt yes, over here. Please. <laughs> We're going to have to pull this car off the road soon because I got a Hundo P brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get it right? Okay. No. How far off was no. 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 He says no. Okay. Oh my gosh. Was, okay, Noel, what do you got? That was a really good try, though. You took mine. It was. Hundo P. Yeah, you took mine, man. Um, I think the hundo sounds like a like I'm thinking like a hundred. Like the hundred, okay. Hundo P. Okay. So, um, okay. I took a test, and uh, I made a hundo P. Yeah, there it. you go. That was yeah. That was, <laughs> that was it. No, 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 it's nope, actually not exactly, but it's really close. You're on the right track. <laughs> All right. So, like, is a hundo P? Like, is that like a perfect score? The P for perfect? Like, I got no, a hundo. That's P. Not exactly. I mean, the, the definition okay, close, is one hundred percent like certain. You know, somebody could say it's uh, not uh, the they 100% okay, sure okay. or something. I'm Hundo P. We all butchered that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> it, I, I was so worried about how to use Hundo P. I almost wanted to skirt out of here. 
Okay. Me and Noel are playing checkers and Keith is playing chess over there. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's the greatest clip in all life. So yeah, I, I definitely, yeah. I, we have to share that with our, with our new listeners. So it's yeah, good absolutely. Stuff. Oh, yeah. So, enjoy. Yeah, man. So no, we still, we still talk about that. The, the kids and, and, and Dana and I, we still laugh about it. Oh my gosh. So we fun. really need to bring that back. I think so somehow. too. That was just, yeah. that was so, that was so much fun. So because I'm sure there's new, like, words out there that have been created in what a year and a half since we last did that so I'm sure we have no idea (laughs) so you know Scott you sort of alluded it when we were talking about the drivers you worked with and um, I was always a big fan of Carl Edwards or Shane Mm -hmm. I wish he'd come back you know I'm sure he probably did it for self-preservation because he seemed to uh, finish the races upside down a lot but uh, yeah you know, you, you mentioned, I guess, like the experience and, and the tenure of Ryan Newman compared to what was a lot of younger drivers you worked with, Stenhouse, mm-hmm. Suarez, um, yeah. you know, Busher. So tell me about, you know, I guess what the advantage is for you and I guess maybe how that makes your life easier to work with somebody like Ryan Newman. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I'd always seen it a little bit, you know, when you, you work with younger guys. And I mean, it's no fault of their own. They're they're new to it, right? They're they're trying to figure these cars out. They're trying to figure the tracks out. And a lot of times, they'll just have a hard time telling you exactly what the car's doing, or they'll tell you like ten different things the car's doing. And you're like, okay, I I can fix one of them, <laughs> you know. So it's like, what's most important? Um, so you really have to direct the younger the younger drivers, you know, until they get it figured out. You have to direct them a lot. You have to uh, coach them, I guess, you know, things like that. Um, and like I said, I, as as a crew chief, that's what I had always had. I had, like I said, I had I had Ricky, I had Daniel, and I, I had Chris. Um, I mean, all good drivers, but like I say, it, it, it takes time. Um, so working with Ryan, um, the thing that I saw is, uh, especially with short tracks, um, you know, anything that's a, we'll call it like a mile and under length racetrack, um, you know, if we've got the car wrong, he can tell us like, he'll go out for two laps and come back in and be like, all right, <laughs> you need to do, you know, it, here's two or three things that I think you need to look at. And he doesn't tell us like straight up, you know, do this, this, and this, but he can just, he can really kind of guide. Um, and I, I know there was one, one race last year, uh, at Martinsville, we were just terrible through practice, uh, really struggling. And we all just kind of sat down after practice, um, Ryan, myself, the, the engineers and kind of hashed through it. And he's like, look, this is what, this is what I'm used to in the past. It, it gives me the feel I want. And, you know, down to looking at springs and wheel rates and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, I think this is where it needs to be. And we took his direction and, and, uh, you know, along with some things that we were thinking and, put it in the car and you got in the race and he was like, Oh yeah, that's what I wanted. And awesome. it's like, say you can just, uh, I mean, and he ended up, uh, we finished, I think seventh or eighth in that race. Um, hmm. and started, we started, you know, in the twenties because it, uh, we'd been so bad previously to up to that point. So, yeah. Yeah. um, he, he just, it's just different. Um, you know, when you're working with somebody that can give that kind of, uh, that kind of feedback and input, uh, to the team, it just makes the team stronger. 
um, with everything that we can do. Well, not just that. It's it's a whole thing besides engineering, isn't it? It's it's just as important to understand that every driver probably has their own way of doing things, and so you have to adapt your engineering skills to what works best for that particular driver too. So you've got the the tenure that's one thing, the factor of engineering in general that's another thing, and then also how to engineer to the to the driver the right way. So it's really right. three three factors that you're fighting with all the time. I'm not fighting, but just trying to adapt yeah. to. So yeah, absolutely. When anytime you you start with a new driver, um, I mean it's hard to hit it off immediately because you there's that <laughs> there's that time where you're trying to figure each other out, sure. um, which it you know it took us. We started the season in February and it, it wasn't really until, I don't know, I'd say April or May where we started to, you know, click and get a, get a feel for what was going on. And, and we had in our, in our case, we had, uh, you know, fairly new team from, from all sides. It was myself, uh, Ryan is the driver the, my, uh, my engineer, um, had come over from another company just the year before. So when you, you get, you get three people like that together that, all have different background and experience and in different opinions, you know, you end up spending, like say it took us a little while to figure it out because we all had the way we wanted to do it. <laughs> and, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so then you eventually, you know, you, you get it all figured out and you figure out, okay, this is what really works for, you know, the car that we're racing this year and our driver and, and, um, and then you're able to start building on that and move forward. So it, it took us a little while last year. Um, but we felt like second half of the season, and as we moved towards the end, we we started to get it figured out. Um, so that's why we're looking forward to this year a lot. If we can yeah. if we can pick up, you know, this season where we left off last year, and then keep building on that, then we're going to be in good shape. So do you ever hop behind the wheel and uh, just like drive <laughs> the thing around the track just to get a feel for it yourself? I wish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish they would let us do that. It just uh, doesn't happen. Um, one thing we are doing, we actually we're going to do it this week. Is uh, Ford has a really nice simulator, um, driving simulator, um, and it's full. I mean, you know, you know, it's got feedback, you know, through the seat, steering wheel, all that kind of stuff. Um, pretty nice, pretty nice deal. Um, wow. And we're actually going to go do that this week because that's one thing that that uh, we talked about in this off season was Ryan thought like if we could get a better feel. Um, you know, better relation to what he's says he's feeling in the car. Um, you know, he thinks that might, that might help a little bit. So we're going to go to the simulator probably and, and work on, uh, like set the car up a certain way, you know, to where it, we get the balance that he's looking for. And then we're all going to take a turn driving it and, and see That's if we so get cool. the same, you know, try to get the same feel out of it. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully have a better understanding when he's given feedback of, Hey, the car's tight or it's loose or, it doesn't ride well, um, you know, that we can have a little bit better understanding of those things. That's yeah. right. I mean, gotta love technology. Holy cow. Yeah. So yeah. NASCAR, we're, we're releasing this episode previous to the week of Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your, your preview to that event and the start of the season. Yeah, it's always, uh, I mean, I guess the, the Daytona 500 is always it's one of our biggest races of the year, if, if not the biggest. That's um, always a, there's a lot of history there, especially. Um, so we go down and it's, uh, we're there longer than, than most races or racetracks, I guess. Um, you know, the, the first weekend we go down, um, like we'll go, we'll fly down, I think, uh, Thursday of next week. 
Um, and we go down and that first weekend is just uh, for qualifying only. So we'll go down, um, go through inspection. We'll have, have practice on, uh, on Saturday and then we'll, we'll just qualify on Sunday. Um, and then we come back home and we go back the following Thursday and have a, uh, what they call our, like the, the, the duels, their qualifying races. Um, so yeah. the qualifying on Sunday is just for only the, the front row, like the pole position and in second place. Um, all the other spots are set based on the, there's two races on Thursday. And then, uh, we have another practice session after that. <laughs> and if your car is not beat up by this point. Um, and then on, uh, you know, that, that following Sunday is when we actually have the, the Daytona 500. Um, so it, it's a big, uh, not only a big race, but it, it sets the tone for your, for your season. It's really hard if, if you go down there and you wreck and end up finishing, you know, badly. Um, that's the hole that you got to dig yourself out of right at the first race. <laughs> so it's, and speedway yeah, races are yeah. tricky. I mean, obviously, you see a lot of uh, a lot of wrecks, uh, big wrecks that take out a lot of cars. Um, so you got to be really careful, um, you know, strategy wise, and kind of figure it out. And most important thing is is coming out of there with a, a decent finish and and uh, making sure you're not in a hole to start. You know, uh, I can only imagine. Just I guess probably the benefit of somebody like Ryan Newman is he's probably you know he's raced enough where he's patient enough to. Uh, maybe see some of these, I guess, the craziness on the track and hopefully avoid some of those, you know, I, I've seen him, you know, whenever he was Stuart Haas, it just seemed like he'd sometimes get just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But, uh, it's gotta be a benefit to you to, to, from a standpoint of preserving the, the race car that they have somebody experienced like him behind the wheel. Yeah, he definitely, he, uh, definitely takes care of it. Um, another one of his, uh, his strong points is, uh, really, every week. I mean, we got through last year to, uh, at the cutoff for the, the chase, um, which was the final, you know, the final 10 races. Um, he basically, we got into that point without having a, a DNF. So, you know, we didn't have any, any mechanical failures, but also he didn't get into any wrecks or anything like that where we couldn't finish a race. Um, that that's yeah. pretty rare. You know, you don't find, uh, many drivers or, or teams that were able to do that. And, uh, I mean, that was huge for us because we, we only made it into the chase by four points. <laughs> so it's like, you know, one, one wreck or, you know, one bad day. Um, and we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have made it. So, um, yeah. you know, definitely between the, the team and the guys all doing their job and, and Ryan doing his job behind the wheel. Um, like I say it all, all paid off there. So I'm sort of curious, you know, like, you know, in the weeks leading up to the, to the 500, you know, y'all were, bouncing back and forth between, I guess, you know, the you know, headquarters and back to the racetrack and everything. So, like, when you're at the racetrack, you know, where do y'all stay? Do y'all stay infield or you have a place locally y'all hang out in until race weekend? Yeah, when we go down, we always, I mean, there's hotels basically that we uh, that we stay in. Um, sometimes they're they're close to the track or sometimes they'll be, be a half an hour away or something like that. But uh, teams always stay. Um, we always stay at, uh, at hotels while we're there. And, um, they try to do it. I mean, they, the weekends themselves, I think, you know, used to be longer as far as number of days you were there. Um, you know, this time we'll go down and, uh, for us down in Daytona, it's a, you know, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll fly back Sunday right after, uh, right after all the qualifying goes after qualifying's finished. Um, but 
yeah, and basically we uh, we'll stay right you know at a hotel usually usually pretty close to the track. Um, there are some some guys. I mean, all all the drivers I would say uh, usually stay in uh, at the track. Um, motor coaches uh, basically they'll they'll stay right there at the at the track in the infield. Um, but like I say, most of the most of the teams will be in hotels. Yeah, cool. So tell us a little bit about, obviously, this being a, a Texas Tech-related podcast. What was your time? How did how did basically your time at Tech kind of prepare you for what you're doing today? Um, certainly the uh, the degree, you know, in mechanical engineering, um, it just goes goes a long way. Uh, obviously, to to have that um, that background and certainly owe a lot, owe a lot to uh, you know Texas Tech for that and getting the education there. Um, you know, there are things that if I was if I was giving advice to, um, you know, any any other kids that are out there going through college and wondering how they can get into something like this, um, you know, definitely look at the the automotive um, opportunities that are there. Um, you know, whether it's Formula SAE or something like that. Uh, that's uh, looking back on it. Um, I wish I had done those things. You know, I. I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do at the time. <laughs> I was just, you know, I think it, it took me a lot longer to, to figure out what I wanted to do and how I was going to get there. Um, but looking back on it now, there was some other opportunities there that, that like say, I wish I had taken part of that, uh, that I didn't. Tell you, if there was a way to create technology in the future to where you could port yourself 20 years in the future before you go to college for about a half a year and then jump mm-hmm. back, man, that'd be a lot. <laughs> Wouldn't that be beneficial for, yeah. for your future? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. You could realize, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> There's a lot of things I could have done better. <laughs> so, you know, going back to racing, Scott, you know, which track's your favorite, which, which track do you really look forward to? Um, I always like, for me, I really like, uh, I really like road courses. Um, and I don't know if that's just the, the background I had with the, the sports car racing. Um, you know, I, I enjoy that. I like uh, Watkins Glen a lot um, in those tracks. And then uh, beyond that, I've always liked Dover. Um, it's a pretty neat track. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, pretty neat to watch the cars go around there because you kind of you're kind of down in a down in a bowl. <laughs> it's when you're at, at Dover, and the, the yeah. cars are up on the banking. Huh. Um, it's just a, like, say, unique place. Um, trying to think some of the others that Darlington is always really cool just because it's historic. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's been around so long and it's, it's a unique track with two ends of the track being different from each other. Um, really a challenge to, to set up a car for and, and, and be good at. Um, so that each track has its own unique <laughs> and, and a lot of it too, just depends on, uh, in some cases it depends on the driver you're working with. Cause there's, yeah. there's some tracks like just naturally, Drivers have some tracks that they're really good at and, and some that they're not as good at. Um, and, you, you know, you figure those out when you work with them and you really look forward to going back to those. Bristol seems like one of those race tracks. You just know that your car is not going to look the same as it did before the race right. starts. It just seems like it's so crazy during that yeah, race. Yeah, Bristol and Martinsville. Um, yeah, you know, they're they're not going to come out of there clean. They're going to be at least the, the nose <laughs> and the tail are going to be beat up a little bit, if not the sides as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what do you think of Texas Motor Speedway being being most of our listeners being in Texas? What do you think of that one? Um, I like that one too. It's uh it's been a challenge since they repaved it or reconfigured it. Um again, that's another one where you've got one corner that's different than the other. Um with turns one and two being a little bit flatter, having less banking. Um, whereas 
in the cars that we have now when we go there it's like our cars will run through turns three and four wide open they don't even have to lift they just it's, it's just uh blow through that corner and then you get to one and two and you're on the brakes you're lifting it's <laughs> all kinds of stuff going on there it's uh that corner is a challenge um that one i always like to go back to because that was a that was a track that i actually raced at um when i was in in scca and and i used the that's cool we used the infield road course and then part of the oval but it's yeah. always it's always kind of odd for me to go back um because like i'll go back and before the garage opens we'll be parked in the parking lot and i'm like you know 20 years ago i was parked right there with my car working on it <laughs> and right it's just really weird and now you know then here i am you know as part of a professional race team and and uh, part of nascar um it's a, like I say, it's kind of a weird experience every time I go back there. So who are some of the up and coming drivers in the sport? Uh, We've all heard of the, you know, we, we know all the legends. Yeah. Um, who are some people who are coming? There's up? a, there's a bunch. Um, I think you were kind of in a, a point where there's a big changing, you know, or a change of the guard coming through. Um, I know like, obviously it's Jimmy Johnson's last year, some guys like that that are getting ready to retire. Um, I think of the new ones coming in, um, Christopher Bell is uh, is starting this year in the Cup Series. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be really good. Um, he's pretty talented. Um, I mean, Kyle Larson. He's young, but he's been in it for for a few years. But but he's still young. Obviously, he's really talented. Mm-hmm. Good guy. Um, so there's there's a few there. I like to say I think Bell's the one that stands out yeah. stands out the most. And then there's a few more starting this year. Will be interested. Uh, I think Cole Custer's coming up and. Tyler Reddick, um, some of those guys, but there's a, uh, it's a definite change. There's a new, new faces that are, uh, they're starting as some of these, uh, the older guys start to retire. Yeah. It's funny. I'm, uh, you know, look, I'm looking through the roster before we started talking and, uh, you know, I, I'm used to the, like you say, the, the, the Danica Patrick's, the, you know, <laughs> all of the, all of the juniors. Right. You yeah. Know what I mean? And so it's, it's funny to see, I'm looking through this going, man, there is, that's why I had to ask that question. Right. Because there is a lot of new names yeah. that I don't recognize. Honestly. William Byron. So. He's really, he started to show a lot of promise last year. Um, Byron and then Alex Bowman, uh, some of the Hendrick drivers, obviously they're all, they're all good. And then I think Chris yeah. be uh, interested. We got Chris Busher in, uh, in the 17 this year. Um, and right. I think, uh, he, I mean, having worked with him and Ryan, he reminds me a lot of Ryan. Um, like he will get, he will get everything he can out of the car and finish without tearing it up. Um, he's one of those, he's one of those drivers that uh, will usually finish, you know, in a lot of cases ahead of what, what the car was capable of even, you know, he just takes care of it and gets the best, gets the most out of it that he can. Um so I know we're excited about what he can do do for us this year too. As we wrap this up, I know there's things that we're not asking you that I wish we will. <laughs> so for the things that we haven't asked you, what are some things that you like to talk about or like for people to ask you that we're missing? Uh, you know, always something when you're an expert in your field that we, we don't know about is just layman people. Steve knows yeah. more than I do by far. Um, but yeah, just what are some things that, that you'd like to discuss or just kind of tell the, tell the listeners about that maybe we're not asking? I think, you know, the, the technical side of the sport, um, you know, I don't know if, if everyone, as a viewer on TV, I don't know if everyone gets to see everything that's involved. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's so much work that goes into the cars. Um, and yeah, every, every detail has to be 
thought of and prepared, you know, just right for a, a given race and a given track. Um, goes to the, you know, the, the wind tunnel for the, the aero side of it um, is a huge component of what we do. Um, you know, spend a lot of time developing whether it's the most downforce we can get for a given track or, or the least amount of drag. And those two things are usually fighting against each other. If you, if you make a lot of downforce, you usually have drag. So it's, um, you know, like a speedway, a super speedway like Daytona, you're going to bring a low drag car and it takes a lot of time to develop you know, how do you, how do you get there and, and what's the, the least amount of drag you can have? Um, whereas you go to a, a short track or the intermediate mile and a half stuff and you're going to want, want to bring as much downforce as you can. Um, and then there's the whole, like the simulation side of it. Um, you know, just how far, how far that's come. I mean, you can basically, we have an exact model of the car in the computer as to what we have actually on track. Um, so every time we make a physical change to the car, we're changing it in, in simulation or really a lot of times the simulation is directing what we're going to change in the car. Um, if we're trying to affect balance one way or another, we can we can play with the model and start tweaking things and say, OK, that's going to give us the, the balance we're looking for. or That's going to affect a given specific part of the corner that we want to affect, you know, and we'll kind of run that through the computer. Yeah, if it makes sense. All right. Then we'll direct the crew and say, hey, let's where this is the change we're going to make. Um, so there's just so much in the in the background that's going on that to make it all happen and you know what we do to to, to get the cars to run <laughs> as fast as they do on track. So um, I think that's you know that's the main thing. There's just there's a lot to it, which is uh which what what makes it exciting. You know, it's not just the the race itself, which I always look at as uh, I enjoy that part. Um, you know, the strategy and everything that goes on in the race. I definitely look forward to that as a highlight every week. But there's a lot of other things that. Uh, that make it really interesting as well in the background. And um, like I say, I think those are, those are some of the, the main things I can think of. So there is one thing I'm curious about, you know, I've, I usually go to Texas Motor Speedway. I've been to Homestead once and uh, Las Vegas twice. And um, Vegas was great because I ran into a lot of celebrities. I saw the roided up version of Carrot Top, Kim <laughs> uh, Kardashian, um, Sure, some others there. I can't can't remember at the time, but uh, besides, like maybe like Richard Petty. Like, who's the most famous person you've run into at a race? <laughs> um, I don't know why it came to mind first, but I, uh, I remember Bruce Jenner was at a race points that. Hell yeah, <laughs> he was in in the holler and uh, when it was when he was still Bruce Jenner. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's there's been a few different ones uh there's like uh was it guy fieri guy fieri um yeah Yeah, he he's been out there a lot uh yeah he's a big he's friends with sammy hagar is he i'm surprised you didn't see maybe they have the well they they kind of have the the same look in some ways they really kind of do yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um there's been a few i mean you get a lot of uh there's a lot of athletes that'll that'll come out, uh, whether you're in baseball or football players, um, you get a, you get a mix. You never know, especially when we go out to, uh, we go to Fontana just because that's so close to LA. Right. Um, there's usually, uh, usually a handful that'll show up there. That's awesome. Carry yeah. top roided up. I can't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just hard for me to visualize, you know? Yeah. That's I got it. It's, it's not a good sight. No. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind no. talking about it. He'll, he'll never listen to us. That's right. <laughs> we got peace Unless, with it. 
it would be it would be odd if he did but yeah uh, so you know scott we, we really appreciate you know having you on and and it's great to have uh so a uh, red raider to root for on on race day Absolutely. and uh it's you know super super uh excited about season you're going to have it have ahead so you know whenever you're watching the race on february 16th and um seeing everybody turn left in daytona just know that uh ryan newman uh is driving scott's car and uh root for them uh who's your sponsor gonna be for that race uh we're actually still <laughs> we're we've got one uh that they're gonna put the wrap on the car for us tomorrow um gotcha. but i actually haven't seen who it is yet <laughs> it's gotcha. gonna be a surprise gotcha. it's gonna be a surprise to me you're like oh uh, hey look at that but when yeah. i by the end of the day tomorrow the car is gonna be uh fully uh basically they wrap it and then they uh put a clear coat over that um but by the end of the day tomorrow that's all gonna be set and they'll know who it is <laughs> oh, that's, that's <laughs> cool. it's either that's gonna cool. be uh Either be Castrol, Wyndham, uh, Oscar Mayer, or uh, Acronis. <laughs> nice. Cool. Well, cool. What are those? Tell you, we're, we're recording this a little bit early, so when you when you see it, take a picture of it, and we'll release it when we release a Twitter episode. How about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll I'll shoot a picture to you once it's once that it's ready. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Yes. So Scott Graves, crew chief of Ryan Newman's number six Ford from the Roush Fenway Racing Group. Scott, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk with us tonight. I know you've got a lot with family and prepping for a new season, and it means a lot that you took the time to join us. No, thanks. Thank you, guys. It was uh, it was fun. You bet. Always is, my man. It was so good to see you last month. I yep. can't believe we ran into each other. What a small world. <laughs> <laughs> always, always good catch up. Somebody in West Texas and North Carolina saying hi to each other in Orlando. Crazy. I know. So, pretty crazy world. So a small world we live in. What are the chances? It really is. But <laughs> again, man, Scott, thanks a lot. And hey, before we go, we've got to get a Reckham Tech from you. Reckham Tech. Hey, thanks a lot, Scott. And everybody, have a wonderful day. And we will talk to you on the next edition of Guns Up Nation. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the fan page administrators, podcast hosts, and fans, and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. We are proud to support Texas Tech, its students, alumni, and fans.